The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. This week we do have another guest. I'm going to keep the intro really short and sweet because I don't have my microphone with me this weekend, but Dr. Rescone is a perio resident at Penn, so we talk about her first year in the program there, how her search was applying to perio residencies when she was finishing up dental school at NYU, and lastly, I did just want to mention before we get started, the Facebook group, just because I know that the application is about to open for all of pre-dental students. And there you can get to a group me. So there's a group me for D1s that are coming in. And then there's another group me that is for applicants. So if you have any questions, that's a really great community to join to ask or introduce yourself and get some help. And if you do have any questions about pre-dental things or about dental school, the Facebook group itself is a great place to ask those questions. So with all that being said, let's get into this week's episode. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer they've changed so you don't have to download the new Bumble now <laughs> Hi, everyone. So we do have another guest here today, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. My name is Allison Rascone, or I go by Allie as well. I'm a first-year periodontics resident at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, prior to that, I was at NYU for dental school. So Haley, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really excited to kind of look back on your experience at dental school, but also talk about how this uh, past year has gone with your residency today. So I guess, like I said, starting first with your dental journey, what brought you into going to dental school in the first place? So I am not, um, well, I, would, I guess it's not typical, but I'm not someone who has any sort of dental background to begin with, no family in it, no, not even any close friends or anything of the sort. I when I got into college, I always told myself I want to do something in healthcare. And I joined a club called PPMS, which is the Pre-Professional Medical Society. I went to UCF for, uh, for undergrad, which is down in Orlando. And so that club was awesome because they gave you insight into every, every sort of field. So it was med, med dental, pharmacy, vet, you name it. We had speakers coming from all over. And so we had a dentist come and speak once. And I remember not being very intrigued, <laughs> to be honest. But um, I, you know, so that, you know, that experience comes and goes. And a couple months later, I take my sister to the orthodontist and I'm sitting in the waiting area and I kind of have a little light bulb go off my head saying, you're sitting here, just, you know, start even asking yourself, what do you want to do next? Or what specifically are you going to get into? So I uh, went ahead and asked my orthodontist if I could shadow him the rest of the day. And he was great. He said, absolutely, you know, feel free to hang out. So I thought ortho was really cool. And I remember telling him, well, this, this, um, this seems like something I could get into. And he said, well, that's great and all, but you got to go to dental school first. And I, I did, that's how little I knew about dentistry. I didn't even know that you had to go to dental school first. So that was a shock to me. And I was asked him a little more about the process. He said, you should definitely shadow your dentist for a little while. 
see how you feel about that. Um, and then you can get into the all the different specialties that come with within dentistry. So took his advice and I shadowed my my dentist from home for a full week. And day in and day out, it became more and more clear to me that this is such a fulfilling career and also a career that really fit me as a person. So I was shocked that I really hadn't ever realized it or considered it before, you know, in regards to it being a very, um, from a technical standpoint, very meticulous work, you know, that we're all very type A people, I feel like in, in, in dentistry. So that, that clicked right away. And also just the personal uh, perspective. I love that you know, unfortunately, we don't always have the best reputation off the bat, but we are, there, there's always an opportunity to build the, the trust, which I think is really fulfilling when you have that patient come in and say, the first thing I say to you is I hate the dentist, which does happen pretty often. Um, and by the end of the visit, they're, you know, well, pre-COVID giving you a hug or shaking you, shaking your hand and saying, thank you so much. And I, I never felt this comfortable before with the dentist. So those things mixed in really made it clear to me that this is what I want to do. And so this, I was doing this over a summer break. So as soon as I got back in the fall, I was uh, all in 100%. I said, okay, dentistry is what it's going to be. I stayed involved with PPMS, but I also got more involved with our specific um, pre-dental club. And that was one of the best decisions I could have made in, in undergrad is, you know, getting into what I call the early stages of organized dentistry, uh, which we'll probably get into, I'm sure, later on as we talk. But it, um, you know, having a group of people who have the same goals as you and have the same motivations is really, I think, key in being successful and seen through the dental school journey or dental school and beyond. Yeah, I could not agree more. I definitely had a similar thing that community, those people that are going through similar classes and have similar ambitions, it really does build a great foundation. And like you said, it lays the ground to later be involved in organized dentistry. So all very exciting. Absolutely. (laughs) So you went to undergrad and you ended up at NYU for dental school. How was your experience there? NYU was amazing. I, um, I had such a great time. The more, the more time I'm away from it, the more I realize how fortunate I was to have gone there for dental school. Um, You know, maybe I'm a little biased, but I do think it's arguably one of the best, if not the best dental schools you can go to. Um, it's, it, I had this conversation actually with a faculty the other day because he, he was asking me about where I went for dental school prior and NYU was not necessarily something that I truly knew I wanted to do until I was there, if that makes sense. So I just, when I was deciding what schools to apply to, I knew for sure I wanted something in a city. I knew I for sure wanted a program with a strong clinical background and I wanted a program with a reputable name because that with it brings the people and the network that really can expand and make your career skyrocket. So in interviewing, I had, you know, no set place in mind as a number one that I could, that I could say, to be honest, but going to my interview at NYU gave me that gut feeling. So there's no words to describe it. It was just one of those situations where as I was there, it just all clicked. It made sense to me. And it was very clear to me that this is where I need to be pursuing dental school. So went through with that decision and it really was the best, the best one I could have made. I made the most amazing friends there. I'm still some, you know, lifelong friends now that I talk to every day to this day, faculty and, and colleagues. And I mean, you name it, I keep it still keeping a relationship with all these people who genuinely cared about my growth and my success. Um, and of course, at the end of the day, one of the more, one of the most important things too, is coming out feeling 
confident, you know, getting into residency. Uh, as humbly as I can put this, I felt so well prepared and, you know, talking with my colleagues and going back and forth with people who attended different schools and whether it was somewhere in different states or different countries, they constantly were saying, well, how, well, how do you know so much? How do you know so much? And it was all thanks to the education I got at, at MOU. Do you feel like that's really just how their curriculum is set up? Or do you think as a person, you went a little above and beyond to seek out extra opportunities to make sure you were prepared? <laughs> definitely the latter, uh, to, but, but no, both. Definitely curriculum was very tough. I mean, it's by no means was that easy. There were, you know, you hear people say blood, sweat and tears went into this and that is a literal statement. Um, and yeah, in every sense, curriculum is very demanding. It's very, very competitive. I myself, Yes, I would say I have a personality that's kind of kind of reach out and find other opportunities wherever I can get them. So I did research. I was in leadership and very organized or very involved with different organizations at the school. I went out of my way to make relationships with uh, those, you know, the, the deans and the and the higher ups that are kind of running the program, if you will, and getting more insight into the academia side of, of dentistry. So I think all those things, of course, played a role. But in the most literal sense, in terms of getting the practical comp experience that made me feel confident. I think that's just a reflection of the way the curriculum is set up at, at the program. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear you had such a positive experience there. I don't think I know anyone that has gone to NYU. So that's good to hear good things about it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I know what you mean. That's how I felt too. But, you know, I think, honestly, I think most people will come out of their dental schools, regardless of where it's from and say that it was a little traumatizing. I... <laughs> I, yeah, there was definitely moments and times where it was very stressful and, and, you know, certain things maybe I didn't agree with, but I don't think it was an NYU problem. I think that's a dental school problem in the United States. That's like a whole mm -hmm. issue. I mean, I could talk about that all day. That's why <laughs> part of the, one of the clubs I got in, or organizations I was involved with is ASDA. I'm sure you guys have heard of American Student Dental Association, but yeah, one big pillar is ad advocacy. And so I was, that was my, my baby, if you will. I would you know, harp all day when I can, when it, especially around April when it was time to really start pushing to get whatever legislation or whatever, you know, initiatives we're trying to get to move and improve things moving forward. I was out there preaching about it and I was going to the Hill and doing lobby day and the whole nine. So were you able to get any perio experience as a dental student? Yes. So, so how I even chose perio to begin with was actually um, third year. The first two years, like every other dental student you'll talk to in, in the world, probably you say perio kind of sucks. <laughs> and it's like, it's hard. And why, why are they so specific? Why is there so much, you know, the, the science, the biology behind it? I mean, that's the sentiment I heard from most people and myself included. I, I, for a little while, I did feel that way. However, then one of my friends that I made who I was a D1, he was a D4 starting perio. So as a D2, he was already in the specialty clinic doing the residency. I always kept, you know, in touch with him and I'd pop up every now and then, but I didn't actually, I guess, watch what was going on, to be honest. I was just kind of getting an idea of why, why he liked perios, him himself. Then in third year, we have to do one week rotations where it's a full week and you just spend it with residents all day, every day, seeing what they do, whether it's class or surgery or what have you. And that really opened my eyes. I just, I had no idea that perio was such a Heavily, heavily surgical based specialty and the type of surgery, it's, you know, again, going back to my earlier point, very meticulous work. Um, but it's so, to me, so um, 
rewarding to see the results you were getting from these procedures. And I love it. It's funny because I, you know, I started off by saying that everyone usually doesn't like Pyro because they feel like it's, it can get a little heavy. And now that's what I appreciate the most about the most about it is it's constantly evolving. Science is well supported, but people really, that, that doesn't stop people from continuing to do research, continuing to find out more about how we can improve the surgical technique, the material we're using, I mean, you name it. So um, kind of saw it, went off on a tangent there. Sorry, I lost my point, but <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got into to Perio was that one week, one week rotation. And it was eye-opening for me to see the, the surgical aspect of it more than anything else. So is that, I guess there's many like different things you can do once you're working in Perio. Do you definitely want to do a lot of surgery? Yes, absolutely. And I just, sorry, I just realized that I, I was coming to a point with that last tangent, but <laughs> so that the, the, in terms of getting paro experience as a dental student, I had the one week rotation, but then because at that point I decided, okay, paro is what I want to kind of dial down to and focus in on. I want to, I, I applied for the honors program. We have an honors paro program and I got in. So that was great because we, it's like a mini residency, essentially. We do um, literature review and, and, and some courses in the first half of the year. The second half, we're allowed to do surgery. So I got some surgical experience as a dental student, as a D4, which was great. And that really solidified for me that this is what I want to do forever. Um, you know, general is great, but I, I like seeing the, the surgical procedures that we, we, we would be doing more often as a period on. So. So you kind of were already touching on this, but for people that aren't familiar, how would you explain what periodontics is and how your work differs from a general dentist? So perio, to make it as simple as possible, um, is more focused on the supporting structures. So the gum and the bone and perio is the foundation. So you'll find if you're practicing dentistry, you know, according to even the, you know, in the code of ethics and the way that ADA would even describe how you should phase treatment, phase one is, is perio. Because if you don't have a solid base and a sound foundation, your dentistry is going to fail more than likely. And so what that means to, you know, someone who's not too familiar with perio, it, does someone need a cleaning or does someone need a deep cleaning, meaning the scaling where you need to numb them up and you have to use some curettes and go underneath the gum tissue? Um, or are they even worse worse off than that? Do some teeth have to come out? Do they need implants? Do they have enough bone for implants? Now that gets into other procedures. Do they need grafting done? We need to augment any area because there's not enough bone or there's a soft tissue deficiency, you know, think recession, things like that. Um, even more, you know, getting a little more complex. Okay, there's some bone here, but there's not quite enough. Do we need to do a sinus lift? So that's kind of the, the nitty gritty that Perio gets into is building and maintaining the foundation for the teeth that still exist or replacing missing teeth. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think perio is super interesting. If people ask, like, if you were to specialize, I think perio is the most interesting to me. I don't think I'm going to try to specialize, but I definitely, I think it's very cool. So definitely (laughs) admire what you're doing. Oh, thank you. You don't want to do another three years after the four years? (laughs) (laughs) Not, not ideally. We'll see though. I'm only in my first year, so things could change. That's true. No, that's very good. So I guess on that topic, did you go directly from dental school into residency? I did. I, okay. uh, I felt pretty, it was pretty clear to me after that, that rotation that this is what I wanted to do. And what was nice is that I got into that honors program kind of early, you know, the summer going into my last year. 
So applications weren't quite due yet. So I, even that also gave me some added exposure um, and experience in what the residency aspect would be like. And, you know, talking to some periodontists in the city and shadowing a couple of times. So those all reinforce that for me to do, let's say a GPR or something to quote unquote, think about it, like, like some people like to use a GPR for, which, which is absolutely fine. I didn't think I needed that. It was, yeah, it was pretty clear to me. And what's the general process like for getting into a perio residency? Is it match, non-match? How does all that work? It's a mix. Um, I would say majority of programs are match. And it's also pretty typical in regards to what you'd expect from other, what other specialties require. You know, you want to obviously have um, the good grades. That's the, I'd say the bare minimum. You know, there's always the, I couldn't even tell you a range. I don't want to misspeak, but you know, you're, probably going to have to be more so at the top of your class than the bottom of your class if you, if you expect to have a you know fair chance of getting interviews and what have you. Um, you want to be involved. Research is something that's definitely important, I would say, in the perio world just because it's such a highly research-based field. And like I was mentioning before, it's constantly evolving and there's always something else to be looked at and explored. So those would be the big things. Externships are you know, recommended, but I don't think they're as heavily expected as they are for OS. I think OS is probably the main specialty where you, they kind of expect that you do some sort of externships before. That being said, and I didn't do any externships personally, I just did kind of like unofficial one day visit here or there. But that being said, if you have the time and the means, it, I don't think it hurts at all to do as many externships as you can. I mean, it, for one, you get to truly see what that specific program is like and two it's it's fun you know even if you end up not going to that, that school you're still making those connections in that in that time frame and these are people that Perry is such a small family you'll you'll have them with you for life which is very beneficial yeah that makes a lot of sense so I guess one final question that someone sent in about residency are you being paid like a resident like living stipend or do you pay tuition to the school still yeah, unfortunately, still, still tuition. It's a uh, that was a kind of tough uh, some uh, consideration for me personally because I've I've had to borrow everything you know from undergrad to dental school. So I I'm gonna owe quite the pretty penny when I'm when all said and done. But for me, what ultimately was the more important factor was getting the right experience because you know it's that 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 corny saying if you're doing what you love, you'll never work a day in your life and if you're, you know, being true to yourself and just working hard and doing the right thing, that the money will come, it'll be there. That shouldn't be the priority. It, it's by all means a valid concern. And I think, you know, everyone should have a plan in place. I, I have an idea of how I'm going to be handling it. But even though there's tuition for the program, I thought that the good outweighed the, the bad, the bad being the, you know, the tuition. And not many programs are either stipend or salary based for perio specifically um i think more so a majority of them are tuition based so the options get a little limited and i found that a lot of the programs that did have the stipends or the um or the salary were in places i couldn't see myself living that was the big factor there so i was wondering i've heard that there's kind of different prospects for graduating as a periodontist you can like open up your own practice or you can kind of like be in in-house or like freelancing 
person for like multiple practices. Is that something you're interested in? Or like, do you want to work in a hospital setting or what are you looking to do? I'm going to touch on the last part you just brought up, which is hospital setting. I parallel in the hospital setting was a thing nowadays, you know, unfortunately not as common. It's something I even to this day, I'm doing a little more research into to see how, what that looks like and how you really get involved. But I can't say it's a typical place of work for periodontists. Um, if there's a perio in a hospital, in a hospital, there must be some sort of very specific niche team where, you know, this, there was already maybe a personal relationship between whoever the attending physician is and that periodontist. I can't, that I'm aware of, I can't say there's hospitals actively looking for, or, you know, just the periodontist, but, you know, it could be an option. It's something I'm still learning about, so I can get back to you on it once I learn more. In terms of moving out of school and into the work work world, I feels up to me the way it would look is in the beginning, I'm going to work in a few different practices and kind of hop around just to get an idea of how different, you know, business models are being run and just practice dynamics and get a feel for it because I only know so much. I've only had so many opportunities to really shadow and see private practice. Long-term, I do want to own my own practice. I think it would be great to do it with a prosthodontist and orthodontist. I think having that, you know, what they'll call kind of like a powerhouse practice would be a dream come true. But I wouldn't want to pursue that until I've had enough exposure to how other practices are run. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That would be a very efficient place. People could come and get everything they need all in one place. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the goal. And so, also nowadays with, with specialties, um, I think it's more common to have, you know, me come in, let's say on a Tuesday and Friday, you know, Haley's like, look, I, you need implants in my period on ear Tuesdays and Fridays. We'll sur- uh, schedule your surgery for then. Versus you saying, oh, you need implants, go see Allie, you know, whenever you can give her a call. That, that's, I think, a more traditional model that we're not seeing nowadays. Yeah, that's definitely what I was hearing as well. So I was curious what your take is, someone that's like up and coming in the industry and everything. Yeah, I mean, especially coming out of school, right? I already, you know, we were just talking about this with the, uh, the financial concerns. I'm already in a, in a tight place. So to not have to be concerned about jumping out with, the dental school debt, and then now jumping into also practice debt and having a little, you know, give myself a little time to breathe and not worry about overhead costs and salaries for other, you know, for whoever you're hiring, that whole, its own, <laughs> its own bucket of, of headaches. I, nice to kind of have a little time to put it off and also learn from that practice first and see what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. That's of course, something I'm already thinking about too is like, when am I going to try to work for other people? When do I want to try to start up my own practice and everything or buy one? So it's always, I think, in the back of dentists or soon to be dentists minds, because I guess it's it's our livelihood. So it's something to consider, of course. Yes, absolutely. And it's so, it's so different. You know, again, it's so different now than the way things were. It's, does it cost, it's not as cheap as it used to be to go to dental school. It's not as common to just kind of pop out and say, okay, I think I'll open a practice right here. There's so many other considerations to be made. And it's unfortunately not as easy to be, I guess, successful, at least right away. It it takes, I just think it takes a little more time. And so it's better to have this sort of slow transition into that, you know, final practice that's yours versus what more traditionally would happen is people right out of school were buying their practice and opening up shop. Yeah, I definitely agree with that outlook. 
So we got a couple other questions about your experience being the whole pandemic that's happened over the past like year and a half. How did you feel like that affected your clinical readiness? I guess graduating dental school, we kind of already talked about that, but did you feel like it affected graduating last year or now when you're currently in residency? Um, No, I think thankfully I was in a, in a good place. I kind of always told myself treat, even obviously even way before knowing there would be a pandemic, I told myself treat your last year as if you're done by March. I just always had this, this month in my head because I knew that by February we, we would have taken boards and by March I would have been having kind of like my final cases being wrapped up and usually then it's spring break and after spring break things would always just get a little crazy. So my head, I thought I want to just be relaxed those last couple months, only doing cases for the sole purpose of doing them to, you know, get more practice, but not because I'm stressed out about satisfying a requirement. So I, in terms of requirements, I, it didn't affect me graduating and I wasn't in a place where I felt like I didn't get enough exposure of something. I felt pretty confident in doing anything. Um, if I had to pick one thing that I wish I had more experience with from a general dental standpoint, molar endo, but I think everyone feels that way. Even dentists who've been out for years, just because you know, it's kind of, it could be kind of tricky, but otherwise I, you know, I, even to this day, I feel comfortable jumping in and having to do whatever restorative fixed, even removable props, even though that I really did not enjoy. So I think I, I, I felt comfortable enough coming out where I could have gone straight to work for general dentistry if I didn't do perio. That's really awesome. That's a good testament to your own work ethic as well as your program. Like we've talked about. So lastly, last kind of topic, I guess, is just obviously about your residency now. So can you talk a little bit about some of the best parts of your program at Penn and maybe why you chose to go there? Sure. So I'm going to be very candid with you. I, in my head, thought I'm staying at NYU Perio because that's what I knew and that's what I've grown to love. And it really is such a strong program. I, even now to this day, I, you know, proud to be an alumni from there, as I've told you guys, and I, it's, it's nice to know that I have relationships with all my perio faculty over there, and they're so supportive, and it's, it's nice to have that, the family that, that was created, but I, I had some mentors who said, I, it's great that you have, like, a, a goal in mind, or it's great that you have an idea of what this is going to look like, but at least consider looking at some other places, too, just, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket mentality, and so I did more research and I, I kind of looked around more. I still kept my, um, my options pretty low. I only, I applied to three schools total and I, they all kind of satisfied the same things I wanted out of NYU. So, so I ended up applying to NYU, Penn and Harvard. And I feel that those programs have that strong clinical background, the strong networking, you know, the, the you're going to be working with people who are well-known in the field and they're in big cities. So those are, I found to be the, the consistent things I always wanted out of a program. And so I stuck to that mindset. And with Penn, it was a school that everyone kept, everyone, everyone, everyone kept asking, oh, what about Penn? What about Penn? And I really didn't know much about it, to be honest. I, uh, this is embarrassing. I couldn't even tell you that Penn was in Philadelphia. I, that's how little I know. So I was like, okay, let me look this place up. What's the big deal? And I come to learn that Penn is kind of, you know, considered one of the, like, founding programs of Perio, where it all really started, where when you're quoting literature, when you're, when you're talking about 
certain principles that you have to Imperial, they more than likely almost always originated from Penn. So I thought that was really cool to have the historical aspect because when you start with a strong foundation and the and the, a strong understanding of the basics, I think that you're always set up for success, even when things are getting a little tricky and more complex. And so that was one of the highlights for me. Um, aside from that, there was some new changes. There were some changes in leadership with some with some names who had very reputable backgrounds, uh, good reputations for being strong educators, but also down to earth people. And I think that that's something very important to consider too, is that you have to enjoy the day to day and you don't wanna be somewhere that's stressful or cutthroat or making you feel like you're not doing enough. I mean, unfortunately those, those sorts of programs and places exist, but I think that at Penn when I was interviewing and, and getting to know the residents and the faculty and the director and the chair, everyone had a very open um, yet what you see is what you get sort of personality, which I very much appreciate because I know that that means that that's kind of, those are the kind of people you're surrounding yourself with every day. You're going to get work done, but you're going to do it and have fun with it. And you're going to be laughing. So they do a two day interview, which is nice because you get to see it a little more of the flavor of what the procedures are getting in. I saw that a lot of diversity in the surgeries that were coming in, which again, very important aspect for me was a clinical component, but also meeting with some of the attendings and seeing what they've accomplished and where they came from and almost a lot of them did come from Penn or were involved in Penn in some capacity. They spoke so highly of the program, but they also were so well spoken about Perio itself. And I think that's a reflection of their experience at the program prior. So that was really important to me too. And then finally, even after the program or even after the interview, the residents were so great. They kept in touch. They'd check in. It wasn't a pressure, a pressure thing where they're kind of like, so did you decide yet? It was genuinely people who generally met me as a person and said, by the way, like, what are you doing? Regardless of where you choose, it'll be so exciting to always be colleagues moving forward now. And that was really nice, but it, yeah. And it never, it never felt pushy as I was saying. So that felt again, like some, like a place where I want to be and I can see myself surviving or not, not just surviving, but thriving every day. And don't get me wrong. It's definitely stressful. It's definitely times where, you know, I gotta like, you gotta like take a step back for a second and take a breath, say, okay, get yourself organized in your head. Yes, there's a lot to do. Yes, there's a lot to learn. You're not going to learn on a day. I think that was something I struggled with in the beginning of the program was hearing about all these different conversations and different treatment options. And I just felt like I should know this already. But the fact of the matter is, is that that's not, that's why you're in a residency, right? That's why, why you're in this program is to learn about it all. And, you know, over time, it's getting better. There's, I feel like I'm in a much more comfortable place now with knowing what I know and being aware of what I don't know, but looking to learn more about it each day. And I think that Penn creates that sort of environment where you're, you know, you're not going to get off easy, but everyone, and I mean, every single person there is there to support you and will gladly help you and step up for you in any way you need. That's really great. I'm glad to hear that. Although it wasn't what you thought would work out for being at Penn, it ended up being the right place for you. And it seems like you're really being involved in a historical and really strong, solid program. So I'm sure that's going to benefit you in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy there. I felt like, so, so also the hard part was that these three programs are match. I feel like you, you still kind of have an idea of, you know, like what, what, how people feel about you because at the end of the day, it's an interview and just as much as they're interviewing you, you're interviewing them and you kind of get an idea or a feel for 
who, you know, whether or not that, that relationship is going to actually mesh and, and fit well. So I, I kind of had an idea of ultimately like where I'm going to decide to be. And then the second, then the hard part was now, you know, I created these nice relationships with these other programs is kind of talking to them about it because I didn't want to feel like I was burning bridges. And thankfully that, that wasn't the case. I felt like I could have open conversations with um, the other programs and they were very understanding and supportive and ultimately, you know, saying they're very happy for me regardless of, you know, wherever I end up, we're, we're all still going to be amongst each other as colleagues moving forward. Because again, like I, like I mentioned earlier, Perio is a small, you know, tight-knit family. It's, you have these conferences that happen a couple of times a year and all the same people are probably going to be at them. So you build this nice rapport and this nice relationship and you have that to look forward to, which is just another plus, I think, of being in this in this field. Yeah, that is really cool. And I know that the residencies, like there's only a few residents in each program. And like you said, the faculty are tight-knit and it's not just at one school, it's with every school. Everyone kind of knows everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Penn's one of the bigger programs. Um, okay. Every year is slightly different, but between anywhere from seven to nine residents a year. Um, I think okay. a lot of other pair programs are probably more between three to five, aside from NYU. NYU is also, I think, between eight and nine. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a little bit of a larger program. And logistically, it's, you know, I'm learning that it's sometimes a little tough when it comes down to the, the scheduling and getting things coordinated. Uh, Clinic-wise, we're working through it, but right now, it's, sometimes it's a little stressful, um, to be honest, just because we'll, we'll have like a month and a half wait before there's another surgical spot open. So that's something to consider, too, I think, is the size of the program and being understanding of the, the day-to-day. And, you know, you're, you're going to be busy. There's going to be a lot to do, but you, you're going to be obviously sharing, sharing the workload with, with, other, with a bunch of other people. So it's something to consider. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So we did cover a ton of stuff today, and I just wanted to see if you had any final advice you wanted to give out to dental students listening. Definitely. Um, you know, we, I feel like we touched on so many important topics, and hopefully I was able to answer a lot of questions that you guys had about perio and even just more general questions about maybe applications and, and uh, dental school overall. But I think something important to talk about is also just from a like a personal health standpoint, make sure that you're checking in with yourself, make sure you have your tribe and you're, you're not forgetting to give yourself some time for you as well, because dentistry is such a taxing field physically and mentally. And I think it can be easy sometimes to get caught up in that and get overworked and feel like you're, you know, constantly pushing yourself because you're something I mentioned earlier when we first started was, you know, we tend to be type A people and that's not just you, that's everyone else. So you kind of have this underlying feeling of maybe that you have to be in competition, even if it's, you know, friendly competition, but you kind of, you know, you have your friends and your colleagues around that are kind of pushing you to think, oh, I should study a little longer or stay a little longer in the lab or what have you. That's all great. I am a huge advocate for, for work hard, but I'm an even bigger advocate for work hard, play hard. So I think you need to have your fun too. And you got to remember to take those moments to take a step back. And whether that is doing yoga or going to the gym or going for walks, calling in to check on friends and family that maybe don't live nearby, any or reading, whatever it is that, that floats your boat, but do that for yourself. Don't say, I'll do it tomorrow. I need to finish this. Take, 
take five or 10 minutes, even that's, if that's all you can give it, but do that for yourself, because I think that's going to make you enjoy the process so much more. And, and it's going to help you remind yourself of why you even chose such a re- rewarding, but demanding career to begin with. I love that you prioritize that. That's something I constantly, constantly am telling people, even people still in undergrad or even in high school. I'm like, just try to get this mentality down to take care of yourself. It's so important. Yep. It absolutely is. So that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about today. Is there a good way for people to reach out to you if they have any questions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I created that the professional Instagram page, which could be a good outlet. It's just at Dr. Dr. R-A-S-C-O-N. So that's Dr. Rascone. And otherwise, my email, if anyone wants to shoot me an email with questions, it's A-R-A-S-C-O-N at upenn.edu. So arascone at upenn.edu. And I'm happy to, I'm, I'm here for all of you. So anytime, don't feel, you know, never hesitate to just reach out. I'm happy to speak about anything. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, Haley. All right. That is the end of this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed and learned something new about Perio. Maybe got your mind spinning, thinking, do I want to specialize? Or maybe thinking about a different specialty if you hadn't thought about Perio before. Again, be sure to reach out to Dr. Rescone if you do have any questions for her specifically. And I just want to thank you again for listening to the episode this week. Next week, you can look forward to a solo episode all about my dental school favorites. So favorite things that I use in dental school are things that have made dental school better, easier, and any like podcast books, anything like that. So look forward to that episode next Monday, and I will talk to you then.